I'm a firm believer that you need to ask for what you want. In fact, I've written a whole chapter about it in my new book, Suck It Up Princess, coming out in 2021. But this interview with my beautiful guest is talking about how you can do that in your life and in your work. Why can't we ask for exactly what we want? Why can't we be the true artists of our own work and create a work canvas where we get to share our unique gifts and talents, our unique skills and strengths that allow you to get paid to be you and they are your professional gold. So if that is what you have been struggling with, if this pandemic has just thrown everything up in the air for you, if you are considering redesigning your entire work and life because of what's happened, or even if you're just looking to learn more, have a fresh start and reimagine how you do work and what lights you up, this is your interview, my friend. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. Carson Tate is my guest today on Untapped, and she is known for igniting personal transformation through her simple, powerful, and actionable strategies and tools. She's my kind of lady. Carson serves as a consultant, coach, and trainer to executives at Fortune 500 companies like FedEx and Wells Fargo, to name a few. And she is the author of Work Simply, Embracing the Power of Your Personal Productivity Style, and has just come out with a new book, which you are going to love, because essentially it talks to how you get paid to be you and do the work that you love. She's been featured in tons of awesome media, Business Week, Business Insider, CBS, Money Watch, Fast Company. Yep, she's all over the place. And prior to starting her own business, Working Simply, she worked in human resources and sales functions for a long time. And she is just a beautiful lady with a beautiful message to share. Specifically, we talked about how to change the how and why you work so that you can be a catalyst for change in your professional life. You can align your work with your talents and your passions and your vision so that you actually bring yourself more joy. We talk about how work can be the full expression of who you are and it can actually inspire and empower you. And I don't know why more people don't view their work in this way. That our work is our canvas, that we're all artists and that we can magnify our performance and potential once we start actually painting the picture of what we want to be doing in a way that meets both our professional and personal goals. We also discussed the way work has changed forever and that this is a good thing. We talked about some of the opportunities that are hot right now, some of the areas that are ripe for disruption and how we can use this autonomy, freedom and flexibility that we now have to be able to bring more freedom into our life and do more of what we want. And all of this, by the way, whether you're on a career path, no matter your age, your gender, race, religion or nationality, no matter your profession, no matter your business, it's all about doing work that brings you fulfillment, meaning and connection. So oof, without further ado, let's dive in. And just before we dive into this episode, I would like to say apologies for the audio quality on Carson's end. 
had a few little tech issues and it's not perfectly crisp and clear, but you will totally love this interview. Carson Tate, so thrilled to have you on the Untapped podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Natalie. I'm so glad to be with you. I am super thrilled because I know we're going to dive into some fabulous topics that my listeners will love and I will love too. But first off, how do you tap into your potential and get paid to be you? What a wonderful question and so juicy. For me, it's around that radical self-awareness, that real clarity of your strengths and how you can use those to serve in the world. So in our business, we help people tap into that through our productivity style assessment. We have a dream job assessment to help you identify what are the elements of work that really speak to you. And then once you have that knowledge, I think it's so much easier to either create a business or carve out a niche within an organization that really allows you to express your authentic self in a really powerful, vibrant way. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Well, let's dive in because I think this is just something that so many people are really, really needing to hear and wanting to hear. So I guess I'd love to start with talking about how do we change the how and why you work. So I know that you said that you can be a catalyst for change in your professional life and your work should align with your talents and your passions and your vision for your future. And I say that it should also align with the experience and the skills and the things that are meaningful to you. So let's have a a good old jam on how we need to change. I should say not how why we need to change the how and the why. I know, you know what I'm trying to say here. Absolutely. All those things. All those things. Well, Natalie, I want to start with, I think it is such a powerful time to look at changing how and why we work. We are in the midst of global pandemic and work has changed for all of us, whether or not you're an entrepreneur or you're employed in an organization or you're in an organization or you want to go out, you're in a massive change, which is the perfect time actually to change how and why you work. And so the how for me is right in alignment with what you're talking about, which is around how do you create work that's an authentic expression of you, where you are recognized and rewarded for your skills, knowledge, experiences, as well as your strengths. How do you create those and cultivate those authentic relationships that allow you to advance in your career and develop the partnerships and the collaborations that you might want if you want to go out on your own? How do you define meaning and purpose? Because the cool thing about meaning is it's defined by you then why do you work is there a greater sense of purpose and contribution I don't believe there's any job that's exempt from significance because we're all contributing to our world so how are you contributing what's the value that you bring because you do and once you anchor into that why your performance is magnified by like a 10x potential Yeah, and we're totally aligned because this is what I talk about when I ask people, how do you want to get paid to be you? And how do you align that with the truth of who you are, what lights you up, all those good things. So can we dive into a little bit more about how we do make sure that our work is the full expression of who we are? Because I think that sounds beautiful, but I'm sure a lot of people are like, how the heck can I do that? Like, is it actually possible to have work that inspires me and uplifts me every single day? How do I stay in that zone and not get dragged away by all the responsibilities and all the other things that take our time and attention and energy? So I'd love for you to speak to yeah, how you help people do that, but also how we can help ourselves do that. I'll start with how you can do it. And it goes to that clarity that I mentioned, which is really understanding what your strengths are. Your strengths are those things that you are good at, you can't not do, you want to develop. And the power of your strengths is that they magnify your performance. 
So clearly you like to have conversations and you like to dig deep. This is a strength of yours. Not everybody can do this, but when you do it, you become best in or world-class. But so often what we see in our business is that our clients don't know those strengths. They don't know where they excel. And so you've got to excavate them. So think about your best day at work. What were you doing? Think about feedback that you've received. What do your peers compliment you on? What do your friends compliment you on as it relates to skills? All of these are ways to start to get below the surface of, I'm good at data management. No, no, there's something else that below that data management that really is that signature strength. The second part of it is once you know your strengths is crafting either a job or building a business around those signature strengths, but you can't build it until you know what those signature strengths are. The other piece around this is that reward and recognition component. Because you were talking about how do you stay motivated? Part of it is knowing those intrinsic rewards, that why, and the extrinsic. Well, get paid. What benefits if you work for a company? Is it time off or their other perks? That's going to help keep your motivation high. Yeah, I love it. I um, just had the beautiful queens in my 10K club do the Strength Finder, the Gallup Strength Finder test Excellent. just recently, because I don't know if that's what you ask your clients to do as well, but I, I do find it incredible that we don't play to our strengths more and that a lot of the other profiling tests and assessments out there are often kind of compartmentalizing you based on the environment that you might have been like in the corporate world or in business. But what I love about Strength Finder is it's really looking intrinsically into you and how you show up and how you can use that and from a more neurological point of view as well. So is that something that you get people to do? Or are there other ways to find your strength that people don't want to go through and do that test or read the book? So absolutely, we do ask folks to complete the strength finder. And we also use, we have three different exercises that we teach our clients. So the first one is a reflection where you're reflecting on best day at work. Some of the questions that I already shared, what do you get complimented on? Where do you feel successful? Then we also do an assessment of your task list and your calendar, looking for those things that bring you energy, where you excel, and the things that drain you in your workday to start to pull it out. And then the third way we do this with our clients is we look at 360s and performance reviews and balance that with your own reflection of your strengths and assessments to start to peel away and, and identify what those are. Got it. And I'm sure that people can also, which sounds really like comprehensive, but I'm sure that people can also judge, judge is not the right word. They can feel into when something feels like they're in flow, when something lights them up, when they naturally just find it easy and go, okay, maybe just lean into that a little bit more because that's likely a strength. I feel we get so much up in our thinking brain versus how we feel about something. Um, and that we often deny things that come easily to us because we're like, oh, maybe it's just, you know, you don't even think that it's our superpower. We're like, oh, no, that's just easy stuff. And other people are like, how do you make that look so easy? So I imagine just for people who are sitting here listening, they can be like, also, okay, cool. When I'm in flow, that is probably because I'm playing to my strengths and have aligned the work with what I do well. Is that fair to say? That is absolutely fair to say and accurate. So if you can let the intellect, just let it go and drop into, I tell people, where do you feel relaxed in your body? You feel calm, you lose sense of time, 
you want to keep going and you're like, please don't interrupt me inbox because you just want to keep on that task. It's a really good indicator. And something that comes easily is not a bad thing. It is a strong indicator of a strength. Yeah, exactly. And I often get people to do that when they're looking at, you know, what's that sweet spot, the intersection between what you're good at, what you enjoy doing, what lights you up and what's meaningful. And I'm like, often you dismiss it because it comes so easily. But I love it when there's conversations where people are like, oh, yeah, you know, Jennifer's really amazing at this. And she's like, I am. Or, you know, just it's sometimes lovely to ask your peers, your friends, your mentors, what is it that you think is my strength? Because often I feel it's a blind spot for us if we're really not tuned in. Um, so I really appreciate that you brought that up. Absolutely. And I would also suggest at times, Natalie, there might be gender at play. Sometimes what I have seen with our female clients is that sometimes we'll downplay that for whatever reason. And so having that friend, colleague hold the mirror up can be very helpful. Yeah, definitely. So I'd love to talk more about that our work is our canvas. I have something that I call the life canvas, which is a a three-year vision for where you want your life to be, but in the present tense. And it's not just life, it's all the areas, relationships, work, impact, etc. But I really like then taking that into work as a canvas. So do you want to talk more about how we can actually be artists of our own work? Because I think that's a beautiful way of thinking about it in a really unique way that so many of us don't think. We think it's kind of what it has to be or what we've been given, and we don't think about designing and creating. And we don't think about designing and creating because we don't believe we can. For whatever reason, we believe we can in terms of our life, but we spend a third of our waking hours at work, if you're an entrepreneur or not. So you can create, that's the first roadblock, which I know you help coach your folks through. So when we think about the canvas, I would suggest that your listeners think about it in five areas. The first one is, let's admit. So what are your reward recognition needs? How can we build that self-esteem and self-confidence? What does that look like? Do you need verbal praise? How do you want to ask for and receive feedback? What is the compensation? So that's one area of the canvas to start to design. Then the second one, we've dug deep. Paint your strengths. What are those unique abilities or superpowers or signature strengths? That's another piece of the canvas. Then the third piece is around the relationship. What do you want? You do this in your life. What do you want those professional relationships to look like, to feel like? How do you want them to support you and advance your career? Then the fourth area is where do you want to go? So we have our life goals, but what are those professional goals? And I would move past a title or a specific type of job into more of skills, experiences, as well as a title if that works. So I want to start my own business. I'm going to sell it, but really flesh that out. And then the fifth one is around that meaning and purpose. So what does this beautifully crafted professional experience, what does it bring to you? What does it bring to the world? What does that look like? How do you feel it? And, and paint it this way with no limitations. So there, there are no shoulds, there are no can'ts, there are no wants. It's just a beautiful canvas. And ultimately, this is your dream job, your dream career that you've masterfully painted. I love that. When people are thinking about taking those five steps, and I'm sure you walk through and we'll definitely point to you in the show notes, but how long 
does this take? Because I think the reason why so many of us don't do the deep work or people so say, well, that sounds amazing, Carson, but how long is it going to take is because either it scares them or they're lazy or it, it just feels like too much work. So realistically, how long does this process take, especially your clients? You know, can it be something you can dream up in a weekend? Can you do it in half an hour? Could you take time over coffee for 10 minutes and just continue to create this canvas as you go? Because I imagine it's not a finite thing as you grow and develop. It's something you want to keep painting. But just to give people a sense of what's possible. So yes, it's not finite. It is something iterative that you continue to craft. And it's micro steps because I'm with you. I mean, the thought of of painting this dream job roadmap, and that sounds overwhelming and I wrote the book on it. So what we (laughs) mean does, it really does. What we tell our clients and the stories that we share are people who do micro steps. They do one thing. Like, you know what? I really want to develop a relationship with someone who has started a business in the pet sitting space. Okay. Great. That's a really great micro step. So do some research, find a couple of folks, see if you can get an introduction and reach out to them. That's one step closer to your dream job. So we break it down into really small micro steps because you have to have an early win and you've got to have wins throughout your journey because there's no way to sustain that momentum and drive if you don't. Yeah. So how have you seen some of your clients, I guess, progress from just doing the work that they're doing and eventually getting to this dream job or business that they really want? Because I'd love to know, even if there's just an example of that somebody can lean into and go, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Of just what's possible when people actually set their intentions and are purposeful about how they design their work around who they want to be and how they want to show up. So I'll, I'll tell the story of Emma. So Emma from Colorado, went to college, wanted to be an attorney, went to law school, and realized that what she wanted to do is be a corporate litigator. And she dreamed of doing it in New York for a big city firm, went to New York, became a corporate litigator, and was exceptional as a litigator. What she was even better at was project management. And she loved it. She loved the deadlines and making sure everybody submitted their briefs on time. The tension She has a law degree, but she loves project management. Is there any value in that? And what does it mean if she lets go of it? Well, when they almost miss a major filing deadline for one of the largest clients in the firm, but she caught it, she saw the value. So she went to the firm practice administrator and said, here's what I'm seeing. Would it be helpful if we had a project manager who managed our legal cases? They hadn't thought about it. And she's like, absolutely, I think it could be valuable. And you understand the process. So she shaped this job. So she still had to do some litigation, but she spent most of her time on her strengths using her project management. Now, this took her six months to shift into it. She's doing this work. And then she realizes, well, where's the meaning and purpose in this work? I'm making big companies a lot of money. I'm making money, but where's the meaning and purpose? So she gets involved with her firm's pro bono work and loves it. So she does this on the evenings and weekends while she's in New York. So Emma falls in love and she and the new husband move 
out of the city and they moved back to North Carolina. And here in North Carolina, they decide to have a family. And her vision of what she wants in terms of raising a family does not align with the hours of a litigator and the project management and doing pro bono. She was working all the time. So she has to shift again to create this dream job. But she doesn't want to give up the organization communication skills and project management because she's good at it. These are her superpowers. And she doesn't want to give up the meaning and purpose. She's at another crossroads. But what she realizes is that her firm does not have a pro bono director. It's the position does not exist. However, it exists in other firms and it can add tremendous value to the firm. Attorneys are required to do so many pro bono hours and it's great PR. She goes to the practice manager. Have you thought about creating this position? She proposes it as a part-time position. She'll still do some of her legal work. They say yes. And eventually she transitions it into a full-time job. She now takes Fridays off and works from home sometimes. And she just told me actually this new information. They just won a national award for pro bono. Wow. This is the evolution of a job and it took time, but the recognition of strengths, relationships, knowing what you want and need, where's the value and purpose. And she's created this arc of a career. Yeah, it's a truly beautiful example, actually, just of what's possible. Noticing it in yourself and also being super self-aware around what is around you and in the environment and what's needed. And just also shaping that and crafting it, setting the vision and the intention, which is fantastic. Knowledge, one thing yeah. I think is really important is that this was a mutually beneficial win, right? So this was beneficial for Emma and her company. That's what made this shaping, this job crafting so possible. So it's absolutely possible as an entrepreneur and you can do it with an organization when you're anchored into that mutually beneficial return on that time investment, that effort. Yeah, and I think now even more than ever, right, with this change and shift of people thinking about what's possible in the future of work. The future of work is now, I was having this conversation earlier. So I think now even more so, especially with people working from home, the dynamics changed, offices being kind of dismantled, the whole realm, the whole paradigm has shifted. And I feel that, you know, businesses are going to be looking at, do we actually really need these roles? What else do we need? And there'll be new roles cropping up for people to understand how to work remotely in the new way of work. What are you seeing that's coming through that people need to really adapt to and maybe even take the opportunity to just grow and learn during this time? Well, because they're the status quo, you just beautifully painted the picture. Everything's been disrupted. And what I'm hearing from our corporate clients is they want to know, how do we engage with you as a team member? You're doing the work. Is this the best way to do the work? Powerful opportunity. So it goes back to you understand your strengths, how to work in this environment, what do you need, and what flexibility do you need to make your work fit your life? And then asking, asking your employer for those things, because if you don't ask, you certainly are not going to receive. Yeah, I just wrote a chapter about that in my new book, actually, Ask for What You Want. Like, it's such a simple concept. I would like this and this place. It's like, when you go to the drive-in, you say, can I have a burger and fries, which I never go to, by the way, but it's, you just get to ask for what you want. And I don't know why people don't apply that to their very life. I would like this role and I'd like to be doing this. But like your, your client, Emma, you know, it was a really, really beautiful example of that. 
hey, now I want to be doing this because I see the opportunity there and there's a need and it's something that lights me up. And I just think there's, there is, for the people who are aware of it, there is more opportunity than ever, even if it feels dire for a lot of people who have had their worlds flipped upside down because usually in times of disruptions, there's all this potential. And you may not see it straight away, but it will become quite obvious, I think, as people settle into the new norm, what new services are needed, what new jobs are needed, what new, oh gosh, even just facilities are needed, different ways in which people need to be supported. It's exciting. Are you seeing anything in particular that you think would be relevant for the listeners to really just tune into? Maybe something that's on your radar that you're hearing more and seeing more of? Two things. Space. So thinking really creatively about space, not all, you know, workspace, space to exercise, space to commute. What does this look like? How flexible is it? How do you create this blur of public and private, small group? And then the other thing that's coming up that we're hearing from our clients is a need, software to help teams manage the work. Now, there is a lot of software out there, but I'm talking about... <laughs> Software that focuses on the management of the work, the deliverables, the return on the investment, super simple dashboards, not overly complex, that make it easy to get in and out of and communicate pretty seamlessly. I think there's an opportunity to disrupt that space pretty profoundly. We've got great tools that do this and this, and you have to cobble them together. There's a need. It's really interesting you brought that up because here in New Zealand, there's a firm that is doing that for virtual co-working. So virtual co-working within a team or a business that you can literally look at a floor diagram of where they're at and are they at their desk right now, even though they'll probably be working from home and somebody might be at a cafe. But it's a way of being able to sort of go tap the shoulder, tap on them real time and say, hey, can we have a conversation? And you go into a virtual room but it's giving you a visual of this kind of floor plan layout as if you're co-working. I think it's just really interesting. And it's giving a sense of cohesiveness for people who are a bit lonely working from home. And I'm not talking about Zoom meetings and Slack chat, like literally just being able to have more of those water cooler meetings, even though you're nowhere near a water cooler. So I really love that you you brought that up. You have your book out. I'd love for you to just share a little bit more about, you know, why you're super proud that you wrote it. I know what it takes to write a book. And also... We've touched on a lot of probably what's in it today, but just one reason why people should totally pick it up and read it. Like, for one thing, not just to support you, but like, how is this going to have hopefully a profound impact in their life? So my book comes out in pre-order October 6th. Own it, love it, make it work. How to make any job your dream job. Why I think you should pick it up is because any job can be your dream job because you define. So it gives you the roadmap to paint that canvas, to make work. This is my canvas of work, step by step by step. And it challenges the traditional structures of how you work. It pushes you to think differently, to be creative and ask for what you want. Because in any relationship, these relationships are based on give and take. It's social exchange theory. So we're giving to your employer your skills, knowledge, and experience in exchange for you fill in the blank. Yeah. I've got to ask, did you have this book in mind for a while? Like I'm sure you've been writing this for a while and it just so happens to come out at the best possible time for people to be 
when they're needing it more than ever, like, ah, give me a lifeline. What do I do? Everything's been disrupted. So I'm curious about your timing. Was this in the works for a while or did you just like move and shake to get this out there? Because this is the work that you've been doing for years. So I've been doing this work for years and I, I don't know if you're this way, Natalie, I was resistant to writing a second book to your point. I was like, I, I, knew, I knew the work that went into it. So I started the research process two years ago, deep, deep dive into what we've been coaching on. And when I started it, the engagement of employees and work was in a different place. And as I was finishing my edits and it was going to the publisher, we go into quarantine and global pandemic. And like, ah, oh, I see, I see the value beyond my initial thought. Beautiful. Well, it was so, so timely. So you probably asked for what you want. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do this book and it's going to help people. And then not that you asked for a pandemic, but that the timing was right for people to be able to receive this, because I think this is going to be a really, really important book and help so many people to just trust in themselves again, but also trust in the opportunities that they have to be able to shape and design their dream job, whether that's business, whether that's the job, whether that's the way in which they work, which can actually be both these days. You can have businesses, side hustles and jobs. That's the thing that I think is so amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that. And where is the best place for people to get in touch with you and also find out more about you? PersonTate.com. So website and then LinkedIn, PersonTate and Instagram, the PersonTate. Nice. You branded yourself well. It's lovely when you get your own name for your website, isn't it? It is so <laughs> makes lovely. such a difference. It does make such a difference. And then you're like, who else has my name? You know, if you can't get it, there's that <laughs> moment of like, oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much and for the work that you do. Well, thank you, Natalie. I appreciate it. So what do you think? Do you want to become the artist of your work and your life? Are you inspired to do more meaningful work and really ask for what you want? If you are, please go ahead and visit carsontate.com. That's C-A-R-S-O-N-T-A-T-E.com. We'll find her on Instagram, the Carson Tate. Let her know if you enjoyed this interview. Tag me at Natalie Sisson and share where you've been listening into the Untapped podcast and what this has brought up for you. Do you want to create your dream job or business roadmap? Like, what has this inspired for you? Where have you been settling? Where have you been hiding out? What strengths have you not been playing to? And of course, if you want to dive more into your strengths, if you want to build the dream business, the 10K a month or more business that gives you more income and impact on the world, then please consider applying for the 10K Club. Enrollments are happening right now. Find out more details at nataliesisson.com forward slash 10K. That's one zero K. I would love to have a conversation with you.